In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. I had a girl in the good, I would call her Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and a six-point 
hustle with it folks it is so bad it's good with ryan bailey i am ryan bailey this is your wednesday episode my gosh wednesday we are only halfway through the week what also what an amazing mashup that is by a mashup artist named girl talk he is kind of my hero in terms of mashups and i i i i i I was gonna only play two minutes of that but then it was just so dang good but remember folks uh, a lot of people, sometimes I'll get DMs and be like, why do you play that? Why do you play that stuff in the beginning? Well, and, and well, first off is just because I, I kind of think of this as a variety show, uh, in a lot of ways, we have reality stars, we have opinions about reality shows and pop culture. We have music. We talk about, uh, today we talk about astrology tomorrow. We're talking about dating. We go all over the map with this show. We talked to the Lulu rich, uh, Lulu road directors last week. I think this is just kind of the coolest mishmash, uh, bays of ideas and really cool pop culture things. So why not start it off with like a perfect mashup? And I just loved all of those songs. So hopefully you guys get into it as much as I do, but if you don't, that's totally cool too. Uh, but let me walk you through what to do is just go to the description and it'll give you a timestamp. And I usually put show notes right after the, um, the mashup stops so you can skip that mashup and and get right into the the goodness if we want to call this goodness a lot of people don't call this goodness but uh folks i have traveled all dang day if you've been following the show i decided to do a social experiment 
and uh, travel with my my parents to Clearwater, Florida for the week. Uh, this is their big uh, vacation. This is the first time my mom's been on a plane since before the pandemic. She didn't fly the plane. She just sat there. Uh, of course, we took multiple planes. We had to get a rental car. And I, I found out the real reason I'm on. I was invited on this trip. I carry all the bags. I I'm a uh, an unofficial bellman. Like my dad was like, "Oh, this is great having you here. We got to do this more." And I'm like, just sweating, miserable. I woke up at three thirty on like three hours of sleep, and I'm I'm just I'm going on fumes right now, folks. It is really beautiful. I I saw the the um what are they called clouds in the the water, and it all all looked very pretty. Um, but it's what a bizarre what a bizarre life I'm living right now. How are you guys? Are you guys good? Has the week been kind to you? I hope it has. Um, yesterday, Lala Kent on the show. Now, Vanderpump Rules premiered tonight, and I watched it. I've, uh, I made my parents watch it. I'll, I'll probably. Do you guys want me to recap Vanderpump Rules? Uh, is that? I'm trying to figure it out. I'm gonna. I'm doing Potomac on the Patreon. Um, and would you like full recaps of uh, Vanderpump? Of course, I'm still doing Beverly Hills recaps, but we also got Salt Lake, but I was thinking maybe doing mini Salt Lake kind of recaps, and I was also thinking, uh, this is just an idea I'm throwing out there, thinking of like one episode per week. I know it's Beverly Hills is just us, me and you, but I was also thinking potentially of another episode where it's just me and you too, where it might be a recap or just me doing a bunch of news stories and do like an hour. I don't know. I'm, I'm messing around with things. It's it's just kind of exciting to have a lot of opportunities and options. But Lala was on there, and Lala, um, uh, she kind of... Um, she kind of didn't come off great in the first episode and Ariana and her got into it. And then we see next week her and Charlie get into it. And I had heard that it happened, but I didn't say it on yesterday's uh, pod because, I mean, I kind of hinted at like, you know, villain edits and things like that with her. Uh, but she's she was really charming and great. And all of these people are charming and great. But it is one of those things. I just wonder what Lala thinks when she watches these things back and also, when I see Lala get that aggressive and um, uh, very defensive, and we talked about that in the interview about her getting defensive, even without alcohol, is that sometimes you see a lot of fear in that. Uh, you know, as I get older, I, I do that too, is that I read that as like that. that when I get angry, it just kind of sometimes means I'm really scared. And I know that sounds bizarre, but that's uh, and so sometimes when she gets that, uh, you know, methinks thou doth protest too much, I think that's what it might be sometimes. And um, and she was such a nice person in the interview. And I know you're like, Ryan, you're getting fooled, but maybe I am, but it was really fun to talk to her, but it is interesting. Lala really divides the room. I heard a lot of negative things, not about the interview, but just about, oh, Lala, I don't like her without even listening to the interview. And, and what I would say is that like, I really ask on those ones to listen to the interview a, so we can get the numbers and people like that will continue to come on the show. And also, thank you so much to all the people that at, added Lala on Instagram and said, hey, I liked your interview and all that. That stuff really helps because remember, you know, I'm with iHeart, but they don't really promote me. So like I'm I'm still I feel like this weird independent um, artist on an island, you know, like I read these ads and stuff, but I don't really know what I'm doing a lot of the times. And I have like this really cool team of people that I work with, like Sandra and my friend Megan and Meditza Lopez. And I have a cool little team that that helped me with all of my visions and st- my visions. I sound like a clairvoyant with, with all my stuff. But like, it, you know. I, 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 I'm, I'm a part of a company, but I don't sometimes really feel like it, which is 
uh, its own podcast in itself, but it really does help. I'm not the best at shouting out like, I'm really proud of this. I'm really proud of this. Um, so sometimes it really does help when you guys do it for me. <laughs> that sounds so bad. You guys, we got to get into this because A, I got to go to bed. B, you got a great show ahead of you today. And I, these are two really cool guests I'm putting together. This is like, like the first person that put chocolate and peanut butter together. And like, you're like, why? I don't think that's going to work out. And then it works out perfectly. Today is what I talk about when I say a variety show. Now, um, this, the first guest might be new to you. If you don't watch the TLC show, welcome to Plathville. Now I've talked about welcome to Plathville over the last couple of years because it is one of uh, my favorite reality shows on TV. I do. I watch it every week. They're on their third season right now. And I love it. I think welcome to Plathville on TLC just has the biggest heart in reality television. Uh, you know, until I saw Love on the Spectrum on Netflix last week, I thought that was great as well. But it's very rare, and TLC especially, because they have all the 90-day fiancés, um, and those can be a little bizarre. But Welcome to Plathville has a very, um, a very small premise, but you just sense the reality of this family. And so let me break it down a little bit for you uh, until we get to our guest, Micah Plath from Welcome to Plathville. So this show started in 2019. Um, we were first introduced to Barry and Kim Plath. That is the mother and father of all of these children. And the couple's kids were uh, are Ethan, Hosanna, Micah, Mariah, Lydia, Isaac, Amber, Cassia, and Mercy. And the whole concept of the show was that this was a family kind of raised outside of city life. They had never had a soda. They didn't know who Spider-Man was or Tom Brady. They had never watched TV. Uh, as Micah talks about in the interview, they... Uh, you know, they listened to orchestral music. They they never listened to pop music. They didn't know who Metallica was or anything like that. And they lived remotely in rural Georgia. Um, and their parents were, you know, follow their own rules. You know, they, they went by the beat of their own drummers. So um, once the show started, though, um, and probably a little bit before the show started, you saw that the children were starting to grow up in the sense of questioning things, of wanting to push out. Mariah, their daughter, wanted to dress differently than the other girls, and it was just an expression of her style. It wasn't um, she wasn't a bad kid or anything like that. But you you know you saw that there you know they saw there was a bigger world out there, and their son Ethan was married, got married, and he was living away from the family. And there's a tent, you know, a tension filled relationship between that couple and, and Barry and, uh, Kim, the parents, and, and they actually don't talk Barry and Kim and they stay away from each other. And it's a really dramatic third season because of it. And also Ethan and Olivia who are married. I'm telling you guys, I know you're might be trying to keep up with what I'm saying, but that's why it's so good. Like, so Ethan and Olivia, you guys, they're married, but they are not having a good go of it. And they want different things in their relationship. And Ethan, I think I talk about this with Micah, Ethan in the first two seasons has one of the best goofy smiles you'll ever see. And it was so funny watching him try like a margarita for the first time or all these things or a Coca-Cola. And he was just like, oh, and he was just so happy and so full of life. And this season, he's so sad and his face is so serious. And he even says he's just like, I'm in my head. And, and it's 
it is so real, you guys. And I've been there. Like I, I recognize some of that face from when I was going through a divorce. And I, I don't think they. I hope they're not going to get divorced. Uh, I think that that uh, we still got a lot of episodes. I think to go in the third season. So we will see. They're taking some time out right now. But I recognize that. But it is such. This is why I love reality shows, though. They can be big and glossy like Vanderpump Rules and really exciting and these big characters and sexy and blah, blah, blah. But then sometimes I love reality shows that just focus on the reality of a situation. And Micah even told me that, hey, all of these, it's very real. All of these are very, everything is real. Nothing is fake. And that always assures me. And I love when a a 19-year-old or 20-year-old boy assures me. I'm like, please tell me it's real. And he's like, it's real. Um, But these simple moments, you know, we recognize ourselves in them. We recognize our humanity. And I think really good reality television will do that. And like I said, I'm all for the trash as well. But I really love Welcome to Plathville. So, um Micah, who is on the show today, he is uh, he's going to try or he is trying to be an actor. This season, we saw him work with a dialect coach. And you guys know, if you don't know, I uh, started off as an acting teacher um, or I have been. That's been my job for the last 13 years before I discovered the beautiful world of podcasting. Um, and so it was really exciting to watch this. And he's just such a, a bright light. Like I geek out on this kid because, you know. He just seems like a great kid, and I hate that I'm old enough where I have to call him a kid, but I was just like, oh my, I want, you know, it's like those people in your life that you're like, oh, I want you to do good, like you're like a brother, like a younger brother or sister that you see, and you're just like, you are so full of hope and promise, and you're a hard worker, and I hope, uh, I hope everything is, uh, is great for you out there, because uh, this this guy deserves it. So we're going to start there. And then afterwards, you guys, this is very exciting as well. Now, I have fought against astrology for so long because I am a weirdo. And I, I've always, as I tell my guests, I'm just scared of somebody telling me everything about my life and like I'll have no control. And then they'll be like, oh, that's very Taurus of you, um, which is I, I need to learn more about this stuff. And this guest, she just wrote a book and her book. Actually, it's so exciting. It comes out today. Her name is Aliza Kelly, and her book is called This Is Your Destiny, Using Astrology to Manifest Your Best Life. And she was awesome as well. And she also was on the Kelly Clarkson show. She's a recurring guest. She's about to start doing a, uh, a weekly uh, a show with People magazine and TV. And she was just really cool. We talk about uh, some celebrity stuff with, uh, with astrology. We talk about her book. Unfortunately... I didn't give her my birth date. I should have done that. And I'm so stupid because I could have had her give me a reading, which is just probably the last thing she would ever want to do. But now I'm really curious. Now I really want to get a reading from her. Uh, She has an amazing Instagram uh, account as well as Twitter. I'll put that in my description. Her uh, Instagram is Eliza Kelly, A-L-I-Z-A-K-E-L-L-Y. And also Micah Plath's, uh, it's just Micah Plath, and I'll put that in uh, the show description as well. Uh, but she is great, and she has a lot of um, really funny astrology memes. I'm like, I, I do Bravo memes. She does astrology memes, but I just started following her last week, and she's great. But I highly recommend her book. I read it. I thought it was great. Even I could understand it. But it is about using... Um, 
astrology to manifest these amazing things in your life and to kind of understand it. And we, we talk a little bit about that. So the Micah interview, I believe is a little over 20 minutes and the Eliza one is around like 40 minutes. So this is still a tight show. You guys, I wanted to give you a little bit of everything. And, and I just ask you, um, to, to go with me, like, you know, astrology, you might not like it, but check it out. See if you dig it. And tomorrow I have a comedian coming on and we talk all about dating apps and dating experience. And it was one of the funniest interviews that I've ever done. And that's what I'm saying. It's not full reality, even though we do get into a lot of 90 Day Fiance, but it goes into all of these other kind of beautiful, funny, weird directions. And I ask you, like, check those out as well. You know, like, let me, uh, you know, take you to beyond reality sometimes if that's cool. So without further ado, guys, uh, from the show, welcome to Plathville on TLC, which airs on Tuesday night. Here he is. Micah Plath. Uh, welcome back to iHeartRadio's So Bad It's Good. Uh, today we have somebody that I think is so good it's great. He is part of a show that I think has a lot of heart. Uh, it is a show I've talked about before, and I think it is just one of the best reality shows on television right now. Uh, he is a great guy. I cannot wait to hear a little bit more of his story. Uh, and I think he's got a very, very big for, uh, a future in, uh, and I'll say TV and film. I, I mean, I think this guy really does have a future. Uh, Micah Plath from Welcome to Plathville. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Ryan. And hello, everyone. Thank you for having me. I, I really what a what in you're in California right now, right? You you came to visit for a couple meetings, right? I did. I am out in L.A. right now. I mean, um, can you imagine how far your life has taken you? I, I, I mean, it just the journey that you've been on these last couple seasons that we've seen. And even before, did you ever imagine in your wildest dreams that this would be happening right now? No, honestly, I really didn't. Um, if I look back two years, two and a half years, that's about when it all started. Moving and just moving out of the house. And then who knows? I mean, I'm already out here in California. I mean, that's so, what I'm saying. I mean, I, I, I told, uh, I told my, li- some listeners that you'd be coming on and, and every girl was like, is he single? Is he single? Is he single? I mean, like you have this kind of insane fan base already. I mean, and there's guys too. I mean, everybody really loves you. And I just can't imagine what that's like to, feel a lot of love all of a sudden from so many different people. Is that kind of uh, uh, one of the biggest benefits of the show? Yeah, that's, I would say that's, that's one of the best feelings. Um, knowing there's people supporting you out there to have your back. Um, of course, there's some of both, <laughs> but you know, at least it's more of the supporters. Um, now, yeah, no, I mean, I think it's, I mean, I, I, I really do think this show and, and, and do you watch the show every week? Have you seen every episode or do you stay far away from it because you actually live it? I'm somewhere in between. I'll pay attention to some of it, but I'm not like, I have to watch it. You'll only watch your scenes, right? I mean, I just thought it's been such an interesting, I mean, in the first season we see you with your family and you are somebody that you're like, you like to work, you like to put it, you know, uh, put in a hard day's work, all of this stuff. And then the second season, we see you uh, move out with your sister and kind of start this whole new thing. And the third season uh, we, I mean, we're, I think maybe a little bit over halfway through and they just tease the rest of the season and you might be going on a date and you might be, and it just seems like, I really find it interesting that your family life is being played out on TV. And I I think it's got to be weird to hear that. Like, I'm really enjoying watching your family dynamic when you actually live your family dynamic. Yeah. That is kind of strange for me personally to think about. 
I mean, if you look at, I never grew up with a TV. Yeah, that's it. On TV, that by itself is mind blowing. I mean, I mean, that's and just so you guys that that have not watched it, I've talked about it before, but yeah, they grew up away from a lot of the things that we uh, take for granted, and it, it seems like you had kind of this not idyllic childhood, but it kind of um, taught you other skills like yeah, playing sure. instruments and, 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 and doing things like, I mean, I'll sit in front of the TV all day long and I'm like, what did I do with my day? You actually <laughs> would go out and do things with your life, which I thought was kind of interesting to then come upon all of these things. And what are your thoughts then seeing all of these shows or, you know, your experience with pop culture and all that? Is it, is it sometimes too much? Occasionally, I would I would say yes, um, but most of the time it's it's exciting. Just I mean, I missed out on a lot. I have a lot to catch up on, and I'm just making the best of it. Yeah, I mean, it seems, it seems like so many opportunities. You're now a model. You we we saw saw you get into acting, and like you seem like. I mean, I'm really I I'm somebody that has no abs, and you have abs. I mean, I guess the question: What's it like to even have abs to begin with? That's in. I mean, you put so much work in the gym. It seems like from the show. Is that something a, a daily part of your regime? Yeah, um, I will say since COVID, I have slacked off a good bit, but fortunately, my abs stuck with me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I be very, very motivated and dedicated to lifting weights and bodybuilding. And my goal was to, you know, get huge. Um, and then I started modeling a little more and realized that that wasn't the physique that was most desired in fashion and, you know, you name it. Um, yeah. If you're huge, it limits you. Um, so I've toned down a little bit, um, just maintained what I have. Um, but yeah, it's always been a, a very large part in my life. Yeah, no, I mean, it is, uh, it's very frustrating to see uh, how easily you can get muscles, uh, my guy. Frustrating <laughs> for me. Um, but what I thought was like such a cool part of your journey this time is that you actually are getting these opportunities and you were working with a dialect coach one episode. And I just thought that was so great because you really saw your passion for this. You really saw like you, and I think that speaks to a lot of who you are as a person is that you seem to really want to do good once you set your mind on something. Is that correct? That's correct. Um I'm a doer. If I'm going to, if I think about something and decide to do it, it's going to happen one way or the other. Um, the dialect coach was a lot of fun. I haven't done a whole lot since then. Um, <laughs> just, you know, practicing what he taught me and I am about to start classes soon. Are you, you're, are you dialect classes or actually acting classes? Acting. Oh my gosh. Now do what, I mean, do you come from that? Like, do you get uh, nervous thinking about that? Is that something that's just purely exciting? How are you with taking notes? It seemed like you were great with dialect coach, but this is a whole new world. Yeah, it really is. Um, I guess I'm just going to wing it and see how it goes. Oh my God. This is exciting. Um, Cause I really could see you. I mean, that's the weird thing is that like, you're now at a place where because of this show, you really do have these really cool opportunities and who's to say that you're not going to be on, you know, the next uh, gossip girl or the next, you know, like these are yeah. actual possibilities for you. Is there shows or movies that you like that inspire you that like, I want to do that. I like that actor or that show. Um, I will say one of my absolute favorite actors is um, Leonardo DiCaprio. Titanic too. I can see it completely. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, I mean, I, I can totally see that, but I mean, um, 
what do your uh, one of the other cruxes of the show or the, the main co- conflict is between your mom and dad and, of course, Ethan mm-hmm. and Olivia and stuff. Uh, how is that relationship? Because your parents don't I mean, your parents come off like, I think, good people. It just seems like a, a basic conflict. How is that? I mean, are they freaked out that you're in California right now? How often do you speak with them? Um, is it still uh, are you guys still very close knit? Um, that geez there's so much there i don't even know half of it so i stay out of a lot of the drama um i'm kind of in between the two sides so ethan and olivia are still not speaking to my parents um and it seems like you're the peacemaker a lot of the times like we even saw in this week's episode where you know you were going to get your younger brother to play golf or two weeks ago and and you said, okay, no, we're not going home. I'm going to run in. I'm going to grab him. Like you have, I mean, I've been there in family situations where it seems like there's a lot of weight put on you to like make things good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like it's, it's not necessarily a responsibility, but I kind of make the mental uh, decision just to do that. Be the, not the bigger person, because I mean, everyone has problems they're dealing with and can't do certain things, but you know, if I see good in something, I'm going to do it. If it helps, if it's helpful. That's what I'm saying. That's why I love you. You seem like a really good person. And we we lack that sometimes on TV or people that we, and I'm an old dude, but like, I'm like, I look up to that kid. Like I'm, I'm like, this is like, you seem like a really good dude. Now you live with Mariah. Do you still live with Mariah? Is that, uh, is that still, you guys still have a place, but uh, who was the messier one between the two of you guys when you lived together? Definitely Mariah. <laughs> uh, he hates me to say that, but. <laughs> no i mean she was, she was gone for like two weeks and some friends came over and they were like micah okay i didn't believe you about mariah being the messy one <laughs> your bathroom is so clean the whole house is clean uh, like yeah, mariah's been gone for a while no that's i mean the, the funny thing was you and i remember the second season when you guys got the place together and i was like oh my gosh this is gonna be like a party house now but it wasn't yeah. you guys didn't go out of control ever you seemed like you still had these kind of core values that you yeah. stuck to which i thought was cool yeah that is that is um cool a lot of people who were raised the way we were i will say i don't know self-control is hard hard for them to deal with i mean yeah they'll go off the deep end a lot of the times and i very well could have i mean there were times, I mean, I didn't talk to my parents for a, like close to a year. Oh, really? It was, it was close to a year? Yeah. Wow. I moved out. Um, I didn't talk to them for a while. I literally was, I was kind of rebellious, um, but I didn't go too far, you know? And then a year later, I kind of made the decision that it would be better if I still had a relationship with them, with my younger siblings and put in the effort, you know, mend things as far as I, I could. Yeah. Um, do, does your, uh, I mean, cause it does seem like your brothers and sisters look up to you. They do. And even, uh, you know, uh, Ethan as well. Uh, it seems like that you guys are very well respected within the, the kids in the family, which is, uh, it, you know, interesting. You hear like whenever you guys pop up, the kids are like, yay, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so, uh, when you come out to a place like Los Angeles or even during the show, you're probably introduced to a lot of people like weird people like me or casting directors and all that stuff. Like, I mean, how different are people, I guess, I don't even know what they're, how different are people like us 
than, than the people that you grew up with? Like how much of a learning curve is it? Or is it all exciting of like, oh, that was a weird dude. That was pretty funny. Or like, is it just on a daily basis, a weird thing for you? No, look, I don't even think it's, I know I was raised more, I was raised very different. So I don't look at, at you guys as weird people. You guys are normal people. Okay. So I'm, I'm <laughs> that's great. <laughs> um, uh, this is another question. A lot of people, they say, uh, you're going to be an actor. A lot of people were like, I can totally see that. But then they were wondering things like, what kind of music do you listen to? What, uh, what do you, I mean, do you, do you have, like to read? What do you like to do besides, uh, you know, pump iron and study acting and things like that? You know, what kind of music do you like? So I first started listening to country music. That was the first genre besides classical music that I found. Um, cause we weren't allowed to listen to music growing up besides classical music. Um, so country music was what I started on. And now it's just like a huge learning curve of decades and decades of music that I'm just trying to. Yeah, like, do you like, I mean, like what, I mean, are you the Beatles? Are you aware of the Beatles? Are you yes, aware, of, Meta- aware, are you aware of Metallica? Are you aware yeah. of like, I mean, it, it just, there, there is like this kind of pop culture learning curve that I assume that oh, you're yeah, on a every huge day. One, a huge one. Um, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I, I went. 18 years of my life practically without pop culture. And now now you're only, you're only 20 years old, right? Yes. How dare you be that young? How dare, I mean, you've got so much ahead of you. This is so, I mean, the other thing I was thinking about, which is cool is that as an actor, like myself, when I would go into uh, auditions, I -hmm. would know, like I, 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 I did a couple episodes of the office and I remember going in and I was so nervous because I knew the office was like my favorite show, but it's kind of maybe nice for you to do this where you don't know some of these rooms that you'll potentially be walking into. Like you treat yeah. everything just like the opportunity it is and you won't psych yourself out. You yeah. Know? I won't play it up in my head or anything. Exactly. I mean, I think that's the coolest that probably will it. happen though. <laughs> no, but, but, but by the way, do, you gotta like, if you got a big audition, you gotta coach with me at a certain point. This, I mean, you, I, I'm really excited for your first pilot season for your first. I, it just, this is all very exciting. Um, have you ever been to a concert? Um, smaller concerts. I have not, I've not been to a music festival yet. Oh my um, gosh. You're going to go. It's definitely on the list. Oh, that's it. What is, what is on your bucket list of things to do? You're like, I got to do that. I got to try this. Do you keep a running list of those things? In, in my head? Yes. I haven't written it out yet. Um, Definitely um, concerts, music festivals, traveling. I haven't been outside the U.S. yet. Um, I'm waiting on my passport. And I don't know. There's so many things like skydiving, things I haven't done yet. I haven't made the effort to do that are definitely high on the list. Uh, most disgusting food you've tried uh, <laughs> since, uh, you know, traveling everywhere. What is the grossest food you've had? In terms of like, I just did not like this type of nothing, food. Like nothing, nothing ever beats the um, collared waffles my mom used to make. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty bad. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not a picky eater, so anything like that I've had traveling or restaurants anywhere around the U.S. I mean, I've loved. Um, you do walk, uh, and you have walked in uh, runway shows as a model, correct? A couple. Now, who, how do you even learn to do something like that? I mean, no, I mean, is there, is there a modeling school? I mean, we know now you're like a Miami model. You're all, I mean, like, how do you learn to do modeling? I had one of my friends ask me that the other day and 
I started thinking about it and it's, it's kind of crazy how I jumped into it so fast. Cause literally I went from on the farm to down in Miami when I was yeah. like 18, 19 and I don't know, working with different photographers, um, meeting the agency, the agency I'm signed with now, they really helped me a lot. They pushed me. Um, yeah, we got to see one, we got to see one photo shoot with, uh, your, your not girlfriend, but your, uh, friend that's a girl who knows, but, uh, and you were like, so into it. You were like, okay, I could move this way. I could move that way. And you really had such an enthusiasm, which I think is so good. Uh, whatever you do in life. And especially in, if you pursue TV or film to have that kind of enthusiasm, I was like, wow, this guy really loves what he's doing. Like if you're choosing to do it, it seems like you're wanting to do it. You're there to do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Don't half-ass something. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, in this season, we don't know what's to come, even though we've seen a preview and obviously, uh, Ethan and Olivia are going through some very traumatic times, which mm-hmm. it's real. I mean, it, for a fan of the show, it's really hard to not see your brother smile with that goofy smile he has. And he's yeah. so serious this season. He's yeah. so, and you're just like, Oh man, I hope this. Cause he's, he just seems like such a good guy. Is that hard to uh, watch back if you even watch those scenes? I, yes. Or do you just stay away from it? I kind of stay away from it. Um, I really should watch a little more than I have, but it is hard. It is hard to see a lot of the family drama that goes on. Because it's um, real, right? Like these are things that are really happening. Yeah, real. Yeah, we get, I mean, there's some people that wonder about that. But yes, everything is on that's on there is 100% real. Um, wow. all of the drama, nothing scripted, nothing's played up. That's real. And it's, it's kind of sad. Yeah. I mean, at times it can be sad, but I mean, when, it, it, there's a good mix of joy in it too, but it can yeah. be sad at times. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's hard. Um, especially when Mariah and I are kind of the bridge between the two sides. And who would have thought that because you were the guys that moved out. So it was shocking then when you guys started being okay with your parents again, and then you were that kind of bridge to make everything okay. And then, you know, your, your very sweet sister with her prayer closet. And like, you know, that's another one. I'm just like, Oh my God, I want this to work out because she wants it to work out. So, you know, it's just, it's very, it can be very dramatic and compelling as a a TV show, but you actually actually have to live it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you remember all these years ago how this show was, um, how, how they approached you to even do this show? And was there a family conversation with everybody at once? Did everybody vote on doing the show? Like, what was, do you remember what the impetus was to even do the show? So my mom had been kind of talking about it as an idea. Um, I think she, I think, I believe TLC reached out to us and wanted a show. And we were all just kind of talking about it. And us older siblings were like, hell no. <laughs> we haven't even watched TV. Why would we invite Cameron? Yeah, I mean, that is kind of a weird idea. You guys don't even watch TV. And then all of a sudden you have to be on TV? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we talked it over for, I would say, a couple months. And we filmed a pilot episode just to see what would happen. And they wanted us. And we all kind of made certain agreements was your experience filming the pilot. Was that fun? Was it something different or was it like, I get a, uh, I don't know, you know, like, was it, was everybody still on the fence or did everybody really like the process? Um, I feel like everyone, everyone was up for it. Um, it was very different. We had never really had cameras around like that. That's 
Yeah. And we never, ever had cameras around like that. Like that was, <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I mean, most even, impressed. yeah, families out here usually don't even have cameras like that. <laughs> I mean, it's a very different experience what you guys uh, go through. Um, uh, your mom and dad, we, we've seen your mom react to some of your modeling shots on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, does she constantly keep up with that? And do you get a sense deep down that she's actually ultimately proud of you? Because I think you do come off very well. I think she, she doesn't have as bad of a problem as I imagined her to have. Um, I will say my parents are coming around. They're not near as strict as they used to be. Um, I think it took Mariah and I moving out and cutting contact with them for a while for them to see, you know, the, the importance of their relationship with their kids and try to fix it, mend it and do what's what they can to keep that relationship. Um, and yeah, yeah, I think, I think what, what I see now is they are a little bit proud of us older siblings, even though some of us don't talk to them. Some of us, you know, live our own lives. Oh my God. I I can tell they're proud of us. Yeah, no, I, I mean, you can tell too. And, and I, you're right. Like it does seem like they have, I mean, if from what we can see warmed up a little bit more to the idea, um, you know, and your dad always seems like he's kind of in a, you know, a de- he's always kind of seems upbeat as well, which I imagine yeah. that's where a lot of you guys get it from, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you're out in Los Angeles right now. Who knows what the, 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 what the opportunities are in store, uh, but will a piece of you, no matter where you go, I imagine it will always be tied, uh, to your family and, and, and things of that nature is, uh, is there anything in the reality show itself that you're like, that was insanely embarrassing. And I wish they were not there to film that. Is there many moments like that? Is there one? That's why I don't watch it. <laughs> not always it is what it is at that point <laughs> but if you remember filming something where you're like i hope they don't use this i really hope they don't use this um yeah i kind of feel like there's too many circumstances like that where i can't remember an individual one. <laughs> <laughs> um and i know i didn't uh we don't know what happens with you in terms of your dating life but can you at least say have you dated are you dating i mean like what is I mean, people do wonder that about you. I've been in Facebook chat rooms where they've just talked about you, where girls have speculated, is he single? I wish he was single. Is he single? I mean, is dating something, are you just career driven or is there a possibility that you would be looking for love at some point? There is definitely a possibility. Um, I don't want to be single for forever. I am single right now. Very career driven, like you said. Um, Just one of... I don't know, want to not settle down, you know, get something before I start a relationship. Actually, Would you consider, what, what if we made you The Bachelor on ABC? What if we did The Bachelor? You could do another reality show for them. They pair you up with 30 women. You get to choose who you like. I mean, that could be good. I would do that. <laughs> As we start wrapping up, uh, this has been so great. And uh, I'm so happy to have talked to you. Um, COVID, we're still kind of dealing with the, that. But like you come yeah. to a place like Los Angeles, I'm sure you see a lot more people in masks and stuff like that than where you're from. That is that is very different because a small town like where I'm yeah. from was never extremely affected by COVID. Um, we yeah, it's shut down a little bit, but nothing like out here. This is- That's what I mean. Like we've been kind of locked away for like huge periods of time. And I was wondering how you guys dealt with that. But I guess 
you are in kind of a town where it probably didn't uh, affect things as much as it has in places like Los Angeles and New York. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, so, uh, Micah, is there any other kind of uh, any secrets that you want to reveal about yourself or the show before we let you go? Is there any uh, do you know what's coming up on the show? I mean, we're dealing with obviously Ethan and Olivia. We possibly have you with a romantic interest. We don't know. Um, And obviously you don't know because you don't really watch the show that much. But uh, are you kind of um, do you breathe a sigh of relief when the season's over, when you're like, whoo, that is done for the amount of time and I can just be myself again? Yeah. Um, it all depends on if we do another season, how soon we start filming, you know, when it airs, you know, it's kind of, we relax and watch it. So, Gosh. but what if we get you a TV show out here before you guys come back, we could get you a show here and then you would have to pick which show you'd want to do. I mean, like we hey, gotta, get, like we choices. gotta get you booking. I like choices. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, uh, Micah Plath, welcome to Plathville. Um, how do we support you? Of course, I'm going to put your Instagram on the show notes and things like that. But where else do we find out if you do book a show? If you do, is it all going to be on your Instagram? How do we support Micah Plath? Uh, Instagram is a very good way. Um, just Micah Plath is my name. I'm also on the app Cameo. If you want. Oh my God, you guys, Cameo is the best app. You yeah. can actually pay to have greetings. You'll wish a happy birthday. You'll wish anything, happy right? Birthday and anniversaries. Even if you just want to chat for a little bit, you can literally text me. Oh, that's so cool. Like, do you enjoy making those? I do. They're a yeah, lot. Yeah, because you actually, you bought a video camera and you were messing around with it when you and Mariah lived together. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So cameo, you guys got to go get a cameo. You got to follow him on Instagram and we'll keep talking about this show on my show because this show, I really do think has a lot of heart at its core. It's about family and it's about really good people. And you really do sense the realness of their situations. Uh, but I really am excited for Micah because I think really big things are in store for you. So I wish you all the best. And hopefully when you're big and famous, you'll come back and talk to us sometime. Thank you. I really appreciate you. Micah Plath, ladies and gentlemen, wasn't he charming as heck? Ah, I just, ah, what a good hearted guy. Uh, we're going to do a couple quick commercials and then we're going to come back. We're going to go right into Aliza Rosen and we will be talking about her new book. Uh, she is great. I can't wait for you to hear her. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from third. $30 performance polos and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. 
Guys, here is the point of the show where I do a couple of ads for sponsors, and I always get so excited about this uh, because I love when uh, when people advertise on the show. So our first one is a new one, and it is called Magic Spoon. Now, growing up, cereal for me, and I think for all of us, was one of the best parts of being a kid, um, and especially even after being a kid, I remember when I had the freedom to buy my own cereal, I would just buy the sugary like name brand cereal, like Fruity Pebbles and Cocoa Pebbles and all like uh, honey, uh, what is it, Golden Grams, all that, all that stuff. Because um, anyways, I used to love cereal, but I had to give it up because um, unfortunately my body uh, started not being able to digest highly sugary crap like that, uh, that we really shouldn't be eating. So uh, as you know, I've been on a weight loss journey, uh, I feel like for my entire life. Um, I'm trying to cut down on carbs and sugar and unhealthy food. And I realized basically I, um, I can't eat anything anymore, <laughs> but this is what's really cool is that, um, this sponsor magic spoon sent me a box of cereal and I got scared cause I was like, I can't eat that. But it turns out magic spoon has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Plus it is only get this. 140 calories a serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. Um, and I bet you're thinking, okay, but it is horrible probably, the taste. And guess what? It is not horrible to taste. There are all of these different flavors. Um, they sent me cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter. You can get a whole variety pack of all four of those. Um, the only um, the only bad thing, you guys, is that I ate a lot of servings. So it's like, this is really good. I, I kept eating the servings uh, because I'm out of control. Um, I actually did this thing, too, where I mixed uh, a bunch of them together and I put oat milk over it and it was really good. It tastes exactly like the regular cereal that I used to uh, pig out on and uh, it turns out it's super nutritious. I mean, it actually has protein. That is so weird to me. It's delicious. It's super healthy cereal that really um, I think it, it, it could bring joy to your mornings or afternoons or evenings or middle of the night. It's brought me joy in all of those uh, categories. So go to magicspoon.com forward slash so bad to grab a variety pack and try it today and be sure to use our promo code so bad that's very important at checkout to save five dollars off your order five dollars wow and magic spoon is so confident in their product it's backed with 100 happiness guarantee so if you don't like it for any reason they will refund your money no questions asked we always talk about products like those on this show because those are the good ones. If you don't like it, they are willing to back their product. So remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash so bad and use the code so bad to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. That is very exciting. Now, on the same health kick, uh, our next sponsor is Ready Slim. And Ready Slim, we they've advertised with us before. So um this is the deal. And especially coming out of sickness. And I was doing this before I got really ill. Uh, and I started doing this again. Um, I actually have been feeling better 
And I think it might be because of doing things like Ready Slim and Magic Spoon. Um, this last week, I have more energy. I've felt lighter. I get a good night's sleep. I'm sleeping way too much. <laughs> and um, a couple days this week, I actually did wake up uh, feeling super refreshed every morning. So the mornings that I do, did that, it turns out uh, I was doing Ready Slim's Detox Teas. Ready Slim's Detox Teas are made with high-quality, 100% organic herbs that gently boost your metabolism and help digestion while also reducing bloating and gas. I added this to my healthy lifestyle, or what I'm trying to be a healthier lifestyle, and uh, I already have knocked off five pounds. So Ready Slim's Detox Teas are made with no fillers, no additives, and no laxatives, so they are safe to drink daily. Ready Slim's 28-day detox tea kit has everything you need. The Wakey Wakey Morning Detox Tea, which they have sent me, helps boost your energy levels to start your day off right. And then their Snoozy Deep Night Detox Tea helps you relax and supports the natural detox process while you get your well-deserved beauty sleep. Uh, and I super need that, folks. And the best part of Ready Slim is how it aids in weight loss. Plus, it is keto-friendly. Um, so like I said, I have been doing that in the morning and the evening, and it's kind of nice too, because tea at night, especially my mom, uh, I grew up and she was, uh, I just, she would always have her cup of nighttime tea and it really kind of makes me feel good. I feel like, oh, wow, I'm doing what my mom used to do. This is kind of nice, but it's actually helping in my digestion and metabolism. So say hello to a better, brighter you. And right now for a limited time, you can save 25% off your first order of Ready Slim's 28-day detox tea kit, plus get a free collapsible water bottle. Go to readyslim.com slash so bad. That's R-E-A-D-Y-S-L-I-M dot com slash so bad to save 25% off your first purchase of Ready Slim's 28-day detox tea kit, plus, like I said, a free collapsible water bottle. Readyslim.com slash so bad. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to iHeartRadio. So bad it's good. Today, this is uh, we got a really cool guest in the sense that I'm really scared to talk to her because as a Taurus, I, I am known to fight against things, I think. And all, a lot of my audience says, you need to get into astrology or they'll tell me that's such a Taurus thing to do, or they'll give me all of these reasons why my behavior is the way it is. And that really frustrates me. But then I get to, uh, to read my next guest's book and it kind of puts things a little bit more in perspective. Uh, and she's just extremely cool. Her book actually is called, This Is Your Destiny, Using Astrology to Manifest Your Best Life. It comes out this week folks. Uh, you might've seen her on the Drew Barrymore show. She writes a column for Cosmopolitan. I mean, she has been doing this for a long time. I've got to find out how you even get into this line of work. I think I'm screwed at this point, but uh, Aliza Kelly, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It is so lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, first off, congratulations. What's it like to have a book coming out that you actually wrote? You actually did something with your pandemic. <laughs> it, I, I mean, it's stressful. It's stressful to have a book coming out. It's, I, it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> it's overwhelming. But it's um, also got to be like this great, uh, I mean, I, I would imagine sense of a relief, like you're giving birth to something and something that could potentially really help people. 
Yes, I'm very excited. I, I, I've been working on this book for almost actually for over two years. Um, so this has been a long time coming. And in a way, you know, I was really working on this book for my entire career since it is sort of the synthesis of what I have been doing um, with my work as an astrologer and how I have used these tools to change my life, how my clients have used these tools to change their life. So I'm really excited to get it out into the world and to be able to um, hopefully help others and provide those resources for people. Now, in your introduction, I almost had a panic attack because you did point out that Shakespeare wrote King Lear during the quarantine of the bubonic plague. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, I mean, which, which was just a great fact uh, you were talking about uh, in, in writing this book. And I was like, oh, my God, did he really write King? Lear? I just I watched a lot of reality shows during my <laughs> well, in the book, I talk about how existential and how horrible that was, because I don't know if you remember, but in you know March 2020, when this started, people were really trying to figure out like how do we talk about what's going on? And people were posting like banana bread recipes and like workout <laughs> routines, sourdough starters. Yeah, yeah and yeah, like yeah. everybody was trying to like be optimistic and being like, you can do anything with your new time. <laughs> and like meanwhile, I had a deadline and I had absolutely no motivation to write a book because it was you know, a casual global pandemic, <laughs> just getting started. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was, I, so I ended up going into this like Shakespeare spiral um, to try to figure out, well, is that really true? And like, if it's true, what does that mean about me? So it's the book really, yeah, I, I really capture a lot of my like existential conundrums in it. <laughs> um, there are so many questions to ask somebody that does what you do. And I guess to start from the beginning, how do you even get involved in doing what you do? How do you know you have this talent? How do you study that? I mean, like, how do you be you, I guess, basically? Well, you know, I think that it would be different now. Um, but my journey was very organic, was very, you know, one foot in front of the other. Um, I, when I started to really work with this material, I was not planning on making it my career. No, there was not even a shred of that as a possibility, I thought, you know, and even when I started an astrology dating app, because I loved astrology and I was in my early twenties and I was like, you know, so much capturing like what it meant to be in your early twenties and loving astrology and being single. I still didn't think I was going to be an astrologer because to be an astrologer felt like a big commitment of a lifestyle. It felt like I, you know, I was afraid. I was afraid of being pigeonholed and typecasts and sort of like cast away by society where people are gonna be like, she's too weird. She's oh, that's too interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it, so I, you know, I was always astrology adjacent until, um, I moved back to New York in 2016 after my company closed. And I was then sort of back into not knowing what I was going to do, but having now studied astrology for six years, um, people wanted to start to, ask about, you know, their signs and their birth chart. So I started to do readings and then I started to do workshops and then it just, it started to grow. So that's really how it happened. It was, it was, it came out of passion. Now, when you're dealing with birth charts and things like that, is it like, is it like math? Are you like Goodwill hunting? Is there only one answer in astrology when you're reading birth charts? Is there a way to, I mean, we were talking about Shakespeare and I just, there's a way to interpret a Shakespeare uh, sonnet or something like that. Uh, a lot of people can have different meanings. Is there only one meaning in astrology when you read a birth chart? Definitely not. It's super interpretive. It's very poetic. I think when I was younger, uh, and I think this is the case for a lot of astrologers, I can't speak to everyone, but I think when you're a younger astrologer, 
you do lean heavily into the technicality of it because you have something to prove. You know, you want to prove that you are an expert and that you have this technical prowess and that you have these skills. And certainly there is math in astrology. It's not that there isn't, it's void of math and it's not void of logic, but um, as I've gotten older and I've become more comfortable with this material, I've become more comfortable with who I am and what I do best. It really is very, it's very poetic. It's very artistic and it's very interpretive. I love that. Um, you, you break down the book into uh, these nine chapters. Uh, you got, you got identity, money, community, intimacy, career challenges, spirituality. Uh, why are these the focuses uh, of this? Is this something that just comes up again and again, and this was the easiest way to break down? So I, uh, for any of your listeners who know astrology, I have a Virgo Mars and I, what does that mean? (laughs) Please help me. I feel so, I feel like this is another language. It is another language. It's totally another language, um, which is why it's a little obnoxious for me to throw something around like that casually. No, but, like, but some most of my listeners it, will know, will. like they, they know <laughs> this stuff, like they know all this. Um, you know, we, in often people just think that their astrology is one Zodiac sign. It's their sun sign, you know, and you are a Taurus, or at least you think that you are a Taurus. I would not, it would be very weird if you were lying about being a Taurus, but you, <laughs> <Could> you <laughs> this guy's you a Virgo a and I know he's a Virgo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, stop lying. He's not a Taurus. So it would, so, you know, you're a Taurus sun, but you also have a moon sign and you have a rising sign and you have Mercury and you have Venus and you have Mars and you have Jupiter and then you have houses and there are aspects. So there's just a whole host of things that go into your astrological profile. Mars is what motivates you and how you take action. Virgo is a sign that is, it's an earth sign. It is very analytical. It is very organized. It really likes to categorize things and create lists. So the way I take action is through this example is that in writing this book, I downloaded the intake files of every client I had ever worked with, um, which was thousands of people. And everyone asks questions. That's part of the intake for when I work with a client is what do you want to talk about today? So I downloaded all of that and I started color coding all of the questions and trying to find patterns. I love patterns. I think all astrologers love patterns. So I started to try to find patterns in it and they ultimately came into these core chapters, these seven core chapters of the book, um, which have to do with the things and the themes and the concepts and the queries that I was being asked over and over again. And I love that you intersperse your actual personal experiences. I mean, you share a lot about your your actual life in this book, which I think it makes it so much uh, more relatable and, and us as the reader really trust you. Yeah. I mean, I think that for me, I mean, and this definitely is not a one size fits all, but I ask people to be really, really honest with me and really vulnerable and really brave to have those types of conversations. And I feel that it's kind to reciprocate it. So I wanted to sort of shed some insight into who I am, where I came from, so that it wasn't, you know, I I don't want to be that like sort of man behind the curtain, mystical, like who is this, where did she even, how did this even happen, come to be like- (laughs) Long long flowing robes. Yeah, like it's, I am, I am very much a flesh and blood person with my own challenges and problems. And astrology has really helped me with many of them. Yeah. Um, you said something, cause I was, 
I think it's partly my ignorance is that I will fight against things or I want to, in my head, I want to know that I can change my life at any minute, any, you know, it is not in the stars. It is not, but you said this really co- cool thing in the book. It says the cosmos can guide you, but they can't define you. And I thought that was really comforting. And I was like, okay, that's great. You, you think of these as, as guides, as, as, as not something that is set in stone, but these are guides that you can actually listen to and, and can guide you in your life, which I thought was great. Yeah. And, you know, everybody is going to have, is going to live their life very differently, you know? And I like to use this example of if there are two twins that are born minutes apart, they're going to have almost identical birth charts, but from the second they arrive, they're being treated differently. You know, which twin was held first by the parent, which one had to be sort of given a little extra attention, which one was cuter, which was the ugly twin. Like the, the world is going to um, show up very differently for each individual person. So even two identical charts are going to have totally different experiences and they're going to experience their charts through these different circumstances. Now, uh, this is in the same vein, but this is something that I, I, everybody was uh, going on the CoStar app or the other app or whatever. And then it would just get really depressing because I think CoStar eventually just like was like, go back to sleep. Like you're done for today. Like it would, <laughs> it would be really, cr- I mean, and I know you, uh, I was watching your, uh, which I think is not any longer your, your Quibi show where you were having to write horoscopes and you were saying like, you were like, I'd write 12 horoscopes times three. And I did so many horoscopes. And I was just like, that's so much pressure to be, because we really do some of us take this so serious like i started to get depressed about the co-star app because i was like well this is not good like they're (laughs) they're sending push notifications saying that i'm not gonna have a good day you know (laughs) yeah i i do think and you know something i come back to a lot in the book is that i one of the things that i love about astrology is that it's not dogmatic and that it is not there's no hierarchy there's no institution there's no priests, there's no prophets, you know, like I love that because that creates a lot of room to be able to have free will, to have agency, to make choices. So I think that anytime you use any tool to live your life exclusively, you have to be careful because then you're not really living your life. You're just sort of being told what to do. And that doesn't feel good. No, not at all. Um, it's, uh, what period of time? I mean, I, I just saw something the other day on Instagram and I was like, oh no, we're here again. We're, we're doing the Mercury and Gatorade again, or we're, <laughs> we're retrograde. And, and, and I was reading, we're just coming out of a period of time. I was reading in, in notes. It, where are we headed to? What is this period of time for us in, in the year? Um, are there things to watch out for? What, what should we expect? Yes. So uh, at the time that this is released, we will be in Mercury retrograde. Um, I have the fabulous privilege of uh, having my book come out the day after Mercury retrograde starts. Because Oof. is that a because, good thing? Is that no, a good I mean, thing? T- theoretically, no. Theoretically, <laughs> it wouldn't be. But here I am, you know, an astrologer launching my book on like, you know, in the beginning of Mercury retrograde. And we'll, we're just going to see how it goes. We're just going to have to see how it goes. But you know, I, I'm being facetious, but the truth is, is that we can't control these things, right? We have to live our life. We have to feel confident living our life, but we need to know that we might see things from a different point of view when something like Mercury retrograde is happening or come November when we start eclipse season and eclipses are a really, really intense time. And a lot of stuff happens. It's 
eclipses tend to speed up the inevitable. So come November, come December, there's going to be a lot of activity going on on a micro level and a macro level. And we need to be braced for that. And how do we brace ourselves for that? I mean, is it just awareness in any of this stuff? I mean, a lot of people will joke about the like, oh, I'm so depressed right now. Mercury has to be in retrograde. I mean, do we just give up? Like, how do we fight against this kind of stuff? <laughs> you don't, you don't give up. You keep fighting. I, I, I love that. I keep just saying, <laughs> I'm giving up. I'm just giving up. That's it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm in New York and there's constantly a, oh, every, I'm in LA every, and there's, yeah, every, uh, fire truck has to be outside of my apartment. No, I love it. Okay. (laughs) Um, So I think, I do think that it's awareness. I think that it is awareness and recognizing that one of the most beautiful things about astrology is that we see that we're always in movement. You know, we're always in flow and things are always supposed to be changing. Things are not static. So we can expect to wake up and every day is the same. And that would be boring. Also, we, that would be really lame, you know, and for a lot of people that has felt like the 2020, 2021 experience and it sucks, you know, it's su- monotony sucks. Astrology helps break up the monotony. And even if those things are hard, and even if it's a time of a lot of change and a lot of stress and a lot of, you know, there's just a lot of logistics and things that need to get figured out. Like that's okay, because that's part of life. That's part of being alive. And that's also like the joy of life. So I like to argue that even the challenging things in astrology are fabulous because it's a reminder that we're conscious. It's a reminder that we can keep moving and we keep flowing and things can keep changing. And it seems like astrology is a, 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 is almost like a, of searching of, of trying to figure out uh, who we are and, and where we're going and things like that. So there is kind of like this romantic nature I feel of astrology. Um, and I don't know how much, uh, how much I notice a lot of my friends that are girls really uh, use astrology in terms of dating. Like you always hear of like, Oh, he's, I can't, he's um, you know, uh, a Taurus or whatever, whatever the sign is like, Oh, we're not, we're not, we can't do that. You know? And I'm like, you don't okay, even know this person. But, but I also hear this trope all the time and yes. I don't think it's ever actually happened. I have never, ever, ever met someone who did not go on a date with someone because of their Zodiac sign. Truly okay. never once. Um, and the other funny thing is if you're a guy and, and uh, it's funny, I was, <laughs> I went back and searched my uh, text with my mom and I just put in, what time was I born in the search field? <laughs> and there was like nine times I had asked my mom what time I was born because that is, it. <laughs> that, uh, I, that's like, it is so funny. It is one of those things when you're dating people will, when you get to the, uh, the birth chart, uh, period of the relationship, that's like a serious point of the relationship, you know? Yeah. I mean, for me, it used to be like date number two, but I understand <laughs> that. Wait, most- but you say it never stopped you from going on dates though, right? No, never. Oh. Um, never. Is there one uh, bad sign of just like, I'm sorry, you're, you're on the worst month. There's just no, there's no hope. Like they're just, it's a bad, cause no. I will see, but people joke about this stuff all the time. Like I see this on Twitter and it is interesting with social media becoming so much more prevalent in our lives. You see these like horoscope jokes of like, oh, well that's that person. They're just, that's, that's this horrible sign. And I always find that so interesting that we're now at a point of like calling out signs at times. Yeah. I, I mean, I love astrology memes. I have been making astrology memes since I was a little itty bitty baby right out of college. So like I have, I am, I've always been into it. I think that they're hilarious. I think they're pointed. I think they're funny, but how astrology really works is definitely not like 
stereotyping one sign and like forcing everyone who was born in like a certain month to be like a shithead, you know? (laughs) No, please. (laughs) (laughs) That would be, you know, that's horrible. That would be so sad. (laughs) Uh, And you guys, I'm going to put all of her socials on uh, the show description. So go follow her everywhere. Uh, I've got to follow her because I I think I need astrology memes now in my life. Um, uh, In terms of uh, the pandemic, was there any kind of uh, sign or, or signs in terms of charts and all that, that we were going to go through such and still to a degree going through such a, a dark period of time and how to handle it? Yes. Uh, I, I am very sorry to say that, yes, there was. And I really felt like one of those crazy, you know, soapbox doomsday people. So yes, in 2019 there, I started to really, I actually was going to start talking about it earlier, uh, sort of summer 2019. And I posted a few things about it and I actually took all of them down because I was like, you know what, this is, I don't want to scare people. I don't want to scare people about 2020, but come the fall, I started to talk about it. And I started to talk about how the astrology of 2020 was so unbelievably unprecedented, so unusual, so major that there was no way that major things weren't going to happen, that there wasn't going to be something cataclysmic. You speak about the astrology of 2020. So uh, I know this might be an ignorant question, but you can, you can uh, read the year almost like, you know, like not just people, but you can actually um, do charts for the the world around us during a specific period of time. Yes. So um, you can do birth charts for any event or anything, anything that has a inception, uh, is going to be able to have a birth chart, including the United States has its own birth chart. Um, and then you could also just look at the astrology for a moment, you know, and you could see what's coming and what's happening and that's horoscopes. Um, but instead of horoscopes being written for the 12 signs, you sort of look at the, the greater astrology. It's actually called mundane astrology. And you're looking at the worldview of astrology. Wow. So you saw, you knew something big was on the horizon. Yeah. And it was, it was very um, scary. You know, it was scary to have that information, to believe my work and not just my work, but you know, all of us astrologers to have that shared understanding of something is happening. Something is going to happen. There is no way that 2020 is just going to breeze by. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Um, and of course, we had the election in 2020. So That's what things. I was wondering, too. I mean, we yeah. was so much uh, so much energy coming through that year, you know, so much energy. I mean, it was a rem- there was an eclipse on July 4th, you know, like there was just looking a few years before at 2020. It was like, oh, my goodness, what is going to happen this year? Uh, it just felt really scary. And then as soon as, you know, as soon as news started to circulate about COVID coronavirus at that time, they were calling it almost exclusively. It was just, 
it was very, very clear that this is what it was, you know, that this is how it was going to manifest. And there were a few weeks leading up to it that I was just like in a total tizzy. This is also when I'm supposed to be writing my book. So I was just like trying to process in real time people, the stress of people, people coming to me and having such bigger problems than I was ever used to dealing with because people are energetic creatures and they felt something was happening too, even if they didn't have the language or the tools or the astrology prowess to be able to say what it was, people were feeling it. It was a very intense time to be an astrologer. That's what I'm saying. How, how hard is it for you to take on so many people? Because I know you have a, a thriving uh, private client business as well, which I know a lot of celebrity clients and stuff like that, but to take on so many people's um, psychic energy and all that, I mean, is it just, how do you get through the days <laughs> to, to well, take I'm on actually, this much? I'm not doing private sessions anymore. I'm not okay. working individually with clients. Um, and kind of this book was supposed to be an answer to that. Because I did come to the realization a few years ago that it was not going to be possible for me to have a session with everybody who wanted to have a session, you know, I was just not that I was only one of me. I'm I have a lot of things that I want to do. I'm a very sensitive person and I can't just be sitting at the phone talking to people all day long. It's very energetically draining. But at the same time, I love doing it. I love helping people. So I needed to figure out how can I keep helping people while also freeing up some energy for me to be able to create more stuff. So yeah, yeah that was kind of the, this book is sort of the response to that. Um, now I know you live, like you said, the Upper East Side, and, and we talk a lot about reality shows and pop culture on this show. And I don't know if you're aware, you live next to some really horrible Real Housewives of New York uh, <laughs> ladies. So I don't know if that psychic energy gets at you at all. Anyways, but in terms of pop culture, a lot of people are fascinated with celebrity astrology. And, uh, you know, there are these kind of huge pop culture events, which I know uh, I was going over your notes, which I would love to get your take on some of these things, because I do feel like this weirdly fits into our years as well. And then also before that, you said 2020, you saw it coming. What did you see for 2021? And what do you see for 2022? 2021, very much. I mean, it, astrology has been so literal recently. It is an, un, it's again, a very unusual time to be an astrologer. Um, even with the Delta variant, there was, it was, it was wild. I mean, we had Jupiter go into Pisces, which was very auspicious. Then it went back into Aquarius. This is when mask mandates really came back. And there was sort of this, like, you know, people started folding things back and it felt like we were kind of going back into that, you know, hot girl summer was over basically hot girl summer got canceled. <laughs> yeah, Everyone by the lost way, it their is, hot girl summer. It is, we were like all so happy a couple summers Everyone ago. Was so Everyone happy, was so happy, so so fabulous. <laughs> and, then, and then that was it. However, 2022 looks like it might be hot girl year, you know, any, any hot guy, is hot, yeah, a hot, hot guy girl, as hot well? Girls, okay. Hot okay. Guys, okay. Hot perfect. People, everyone hot, everyone happy. I do think the 20 astrology of 2022, there are things that look very challenging, but there are also things that look extremely inspiring and really creative. And I think I'm most excited about that. It really looks like we're going to be having this very fabulous musical Renaissance. And I think that there's going to be a lot of new bands coming through, new artists, new, new creations. And I think that we're going to be really getting to see, you know, because it's been a lot of the same artists making a lot of the same music. So I think it's going to be really lovely to get to have more like bands again would be really cool. 
I used to go to a live show at least two times a week before the pandemic. And it was just something wow. that really filled me up. And it's just very interesting to see them try to figure that, that out now in terms of like performing and doing it safely. But it is interesting. Music is such a huge part of our lives. And even, you know, I play music every day on this podcast and it's uh, pop culture things, but that's such a good thing to hear. What I mean, just off topic, what kind of music uh, do you do you actually like? I love, I love music. I love all music. I, if music is like other after astrology, music is my greatest passion. Oh, I love that. Um, okay. So celebrity astrology though, there's a couple things that I feel I've been key. And, and it's funny that this first one has been almost like a, we deserve this. We, you know, is, is the Benefer 2.0 is the rekindling of Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez, which I think is always very funny because, you know, the relationship didn't work the first time, yet we kind of hold this up as a, we deserve this. We need them to be together <laughs> as this kind of great, like, thing for us. When I find it funny, I'm like, did they even really kind of, I think, ended bad. What do you see? I mean, when you read their charts, is this supposed to last? Is this, what, how, how do you describe them? I Okay, they have a very, they have an eclipse relationship. They got back together during eclipse season. So we have eclipses coming in December again, in that same series. So I think that in December, we're going to know if it is actually going to last or if it was just this, like, you know, a, a COVID moment. <laughs> ben, I mean, I would love if Ben's listening right now, he's like December, I got to wait till December. If this works. Okay. Let's see if this, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, if it, if it's working for them, it's like really wild, you know, it's, they're on this eclipse cycle. The last time they were together was the Gemini Sagittarius eclipses, which only happen every 19 years. So they're on this like crazy eclipse cycle. So if they break up, are they going to get back together in 19 years? Like what's going on? I don't know. It's, it's really wild. Wouldn't it be great if we podcast 19 years from now when they get back together for the third time? They would. They, they would. <laughs> because that well, is what the pattern that they're on but, is. Well, so like if you had read their charts like their first time, would there have been anything in their chart saying, they're going to break up. And then 19 years from now, they're probably going to get back together. Can astrology get that specific? It certainly can. It certainly can. I, I have spent a little bit of time with their charts and I do think that they are very compatible. I think the question is, do they have the same values? Do they value the same things? Do they want the same thing? You know, I was joking in the summer where I was like, okay, we're going to see if they're on a yacht and he's touching her butt again. And then he did. So it's like, okay, I guess they're just back. I guess they're just back right where they left off. I guess they have the same values, but then is the same reason that it didn't work then is going to be why it doesn't work now. I guess TBD, but my guess is probably if they're doing the same damn thing all over again. Do you got anything on uh, Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde? Do you got any? I do. You I do? Have, I do. Yeah, I think that they also, I mean, I guess I'm just a fan of everyone. I, I think that they also have this really, they have really nice compatibility. The thing with Harry Styles is that he has so much Aquarius in his chart. He is so cerebral. He is so much of a thinker and he is so much of sort of like just wants to innovate and challenge things and push the boundaries and, and Olivia Wilde in her chart actually seems to really dig that. So I think as long as they can find what their expectations and standards are, I think that that's a good match. But like Harry Styles is very much like a, he's like a free person, you know, like he doesn't want to be 
actually beholden to anyone based on his chart. Obviously, if he is listening right now and he's like, that doesn't describe me at all. Like, How I'm dare gonna, her? Yeah, How, I, I am going directly to Amazon to leave a review for this book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> I am comfortable with Harry Styles telling me to fuck off. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but from what I can see, it looks very much like he is happy to be there as long as it doesn't become something that holds him back. Uh, if you throw Jason Sudeikis in there, any, any feedback on that? Because that uh, the, was the biggest key of all is that I do not have his chart and I don't even know it in the slightest. So that is kind of like my Mariah Carey. Like, I don't know her moment because <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, uh, and then this is another one because, uh, Netflix actually just announced, uh, the documentary, uh, Britney versus Spears comes out next week or actually this week when this will be, uh, out and, uh, there's really no, I'm not making any kind of jokes about this, but what does Britney's chart look like? Because she has been through such, uh, so many roller coasters in her life. Is this something, is it a very chaotic chart when you, when you look at it? So Britney has a, is a Sagittarius sun with an Aquarius moon and a Libra rising. And her chart is very much, you know, there's, a, there's kind of a, there's some heartbreaking things in her chart. You know, there's, I would say the thing that probably leaves the biggest impression on me is that she does have a chart that feels like she really wants to be normal, you know, and she really just wants to have fun and she wants to play and she wants to be silly and she wants to just be herself. And she also really desires freedom, you know, which is that same Aquarius energy we were talking about with Harry Styles. That's her moon sign. So that's her emotional inner world. And she really craves independence throughout her life. Even prior to the conservatorship, you know, she has been under the thumb of her family, her show business family, the industry, you know, media, people, all of these pressures and expectations and standards. So she's never really been free. She's never really been liberated. And I, that feels like the hardest thing to sort of swallow and reconcile with her chart is that I don't know if she's really living a life that she truly would have wanted to live. Yeah. I mean, it really is this kind of tragic story that we seem to, or she seems to still be living every day. I mean, there's something new in the press, or I just can't imagine having the press be that much a part of your life on a, uh, a daily basis. Um, yeah. And like, hard. you do get a Stockholm syndrome as well from that. You know, it's like, I see her when she posts things, if it's her, you know, I don't know. It's also very mysterious, but she'll say like, oh, the paparazzi took an unflattering picture of me. And it's like, you know, these days people are like, it doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. But like, obviously she's affected by it. It well, ruined were, her life. You I mean, know? you were talking earlier about like, you know, two twins born at the same time. Like, you know, a mother holds it. Like we, we get affected by our experiences in this world, you know, and then you carry those with you and they actually leave an indelible mark, which uh, I don't know. So, uh, but in, in terms of, do you see any relief for her in these upcoming years? Is there relief? I do. I think that she is going to be probably legally granted a lot of, a lot more freedom, but I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if that's safe for her. I really yeah, I yeah, can't yeah, yeah. say that I know, you know, and I think that, I think it's really this like Brittany as a concept is really interesting because people are also projecting a lot of guilt onto her. And because the public is also was participatory in bringing her down, you know, people were really cruel to her. 
And it's easy to now put all of that on her family or put it on the lawyers or the system. But like we as consumers also have a responsibility that like we also turned our back on her. We were very cruel back in 2007, 2008, and we consumed that cruelty and that content. So I see people in her comments now almost like deflecting, you know, from taking responsibility of like we participated in this. We bullied, too. Yeah. Um, you're so right too. I mean, we do, it is interesting with pop culture and our relationship to it. We do bear some responsibility, especially as the rise of social media and so many channels and avenues to watch and all of this stuff. We kind of feed off of this stuff when we, we realize that we're actually feeding off people, you know, real people. Um, so coming back to the book, actually, and by the way, again, the book, you guys, seven ways you can manifest your best life through astrology. You can get it right now. Go to Amazon. It is the quickest way to do it. Of course, local booksellers as well. But it really is an amazing uh, uh, a book in the sense that it does explain so many really cool things. And I wanted, uh, like I said, you share a lot of your personal experiences, but where in astrology, I mean, a, a couple of experiences that it, it has immensely helped you uh, in, in certain ways. I would say that probably, you know, generally speaking, understanding myself as multidimensional was one of the most healing and therapeutic things that astrology has offered me. And what does um, multidimensional mean uh, for the layperson? So it's, you know, for instance, I am a Leo and I have, you know, when you are any, when you're, when you're reducing yourself to your sun sign, you're going to get a lot of feedback on what it means to be a Leo or what it means to be a Taurus or what it means to be a Gemini or whatever. And there's going to be certain attributes that you really connect to. And you're like, oh yes, of course I have those qualities. And then there's going to be others where you're like, I, I don't know it, or it doesn't capture it, or there's no words for it. It doesn't define it. But when I started to understand my birth chart and I started to see all of these different components and I saw myself not just as a Leo sun, but also as a Pisces moon and also as a Capricorn rising and as a Virgo Mercury. And I started to see, oh, wow, like there are so many layers to who I am. And that is true. There are so many layers to who I am, but we don't have a lot of languages to describe those, you know, on a collective level. We don't have a lot of ways to say I am going to interface very differently than I emote or I emote very differently than I communicate. And that sometimes these work together very harmoniously and other times they don't. And it's, you know, there's hypocrisy and there's conflicts and there's uh, things that just feel really hard. And being able to create and understand the language for that multidimensionality, for being this whole person who is not just one thing, but who is many, many different things all simultaneously was so healing because it allowed me to be who I really was, which was sometimes this way, sometimes that way, a lot of these things, but all of them were true. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, that's amazing. Um, and I was also, uh, just cause I am such a basic person that is coming to this, uh, rather new. And I know a lot of my listeners, uh, are very knowledgeable in this stuff, but even just the physical plane and the astral plane and, and explaining these kind of things that I found very helpful. And there is, uh, kind of this comfort. And I also think there, uh, you, you know, you, there's a, the whole chapter on finance of just even kind of, uh, there's a lot of visualizing in it, you know, astrology seems like there's also a visualization component to it, which I, I really like. Well, yeah, especially because not all of us are walking around with telescopes, you know? So in order to really connect with these concepts, we do have to use our imagination because we do have the sun and the moon, which are fabulous. You know, they're so consistent. <laughs> we know where to find them when it's a full moon. We're like, oh, there she is. But when it comes to things like 
Jupiter or Saturn, and then definitely the outer ones where you don't even have, you need to have a telescope. You know, you have to use your imagination in the same way that you have to use your imagination when you're doing manifestation. And when you're imagining what possibilities can exist in your future, they're not real yet. So you have to visualize in order for them to actually make their way into your physical world. You make that a part of your your daily existence of of everyday visualizing. Do you have visualizing visualizing times? You do it uh, on a weekly basis. This is a daily thing. And and do we? How do we incorporate this into our daily lives? Well, I, you know, in a lot of ways, I think that I probably use the manifestation component of my practice um, before I even had language for it before astrology. And I think a lot of that had to do with you know, being a little kid and not being very comfortable in my environments and wishing things would be different and imagining better possibilities, imagining better, you know, having hope. And I carried that with me through my whole life. And then when I started to fold that into astrology and more, and I learned more of these metaphysical techniques, I started to see that that process of having hope and visualizing things and allowing yourself to dream and allowing yourself to want things is actually a really, really effective way of being able to live and create a life that you are happy and fulfilled by. So integrating all of those is really what I talk about in the book. And I present two different exercises in each chapter, one to be performed in the physical plane, which is really something that is like tangible that you can do. And then one to be performed in the astral plane, which is more of a reflective, meditative visualization exercise. Yeah, I love that uh, astrology, or you make it sound like it it, it really does help us um, uh, kind of become more complete and more at comfort and ease with ourselves, uh, which I think is is really special. Um, who do you think, as we start uh, winding down, who do you think this book, or in your head, uh, in your your best case scenario, who is this book for? Who do you who do you picture reading this book that needs this book? Is there a certain type of person? Is it for every? I think it's personally for everybody. But when you wrote this, who was this for? I really think it's for everyone. And I know that that might be actually, my publisher might hate me for that because <laughs> I think you're supposed to like niche down a lot more, but <laughs> you know, I'm so blessed. I have had so many clients from so many different walks of life at so many different phases in their journey. I've worked with people who are really young and I've worked with people who are in their you know last 10 years of being alive. And all of those individuals have offered me so much wisdom and so much insight. And then above all, I think that they have allowed me to see how connected we all are and understanding their stories. I can see myself in them. I could see my clients in them. I describe in the book us as sort of like Matryoshka dolls all nested in each other. So it's really a book of stories. And my hope is that readers are going to be able to see themselves in those stories too. That's amazing. And uh, I, I read this other thing and uh, you actually started, is this like a, an online community on your Patreon? Is this correct? Yes. Yes. Now, so I, what is that yeah, exactly? So I started um, a community called the Constellation Club in 2019 and it is really the place it's a, it's a hub for people who are interested in astrology, spirituality, tarot, numerology, manifestation, Anything that is sort of like within the metaphysical space can go make friends, connect with each other. And I release, you know, exclusive offerings within that group. Um, But that's really where I, you know, we, we fortify connections. People have built businesses and created podcasts and done such amazing. Yeah, because uh, astrology, 
you points out, uh, this is really great for business. Astrology can be really great for business. It is. Yeah. I mean, and that definitely like that was, that was the Nancy Reagan astrology in the eighties, you know, like that <laughs> <Yeah>. was, <laughs> he was consulting, <laughs> by the way, you guys, if you don't know, Nancy Reagan used to consult a, a, an astrologer on everything. And then it got like where it was almost, uh, uh Ronald Reagan was supposedly being advised through Nancy's astrologer and, and got her in a little bit of trouble. Yeah. And made it very uncool. <laughs> it made it very uncool for a few years. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you can, astrology is such a malleable tool. And I think that the reason, and I talk about this in the book as well, it's like, of course, astrology has done so well on social media. It speaks whatever language people are speaking. It will mm. always capture the vernacular of that time, which is why in the seventies, you had all of that like groovy, like post hippie <laughs> jargon that was folded into astrology. That's because that's what people sounded like, you know, in yeah. the same way that people speak in memes. Now astrology sounds like memes, but that's just because it adopts whatever language is of the moment. I wonder what the next language is going to be. Um, and then after this book, uh, after you launch this book, and I think it's going to be uh, greatly successful. What's what's next? What's the future hold? What is, what do the stars say for you? I mean, what's, what's happening? I don't know. I don't know. I have some exciting projects that I'm working on. I have a show with People Magazine that's going to be coming out October 12th um, called Celebrity Astrology Investigation, where we talk about J-Lo and Ben Affleck and we talk about Harry and Olivia and we talk about we talk about everybody. I mean, it's oh, really. Yeah. Yeah. So it is that is my space, my new space for pop culture astrology. Um, so that's coming out October 12th and it's going to be on people's YouTube and people TV and all yeah, of these yeah. fabulous places. Um, and then I have some next book ideas, but this is an interesting moment. This is a turning this. I feel like this is a turning point, but I don't know which way I'm turning. Well, that's, uh, it seems to be like a lot of us, but, uh, yeah. but, uh, but, uh, thank you so much for spending so much time with us today. You guys, I highly recommend this book. I'm going to put all of her information, uh, on the description. Um, and of course, email me if you, you still can't find it. Uh, but the book once again is called, this is your destiny using astrology to manifest your best life. It will be out now. Uh, we're, we're doing this interview a week before, but you gotta go order it, go order it, check it out. I think it's going to be of help to a lot of people and, and write in to me. Hopefully we can talk to you again at some point and, and see, cause I feel like such an idiot. I should have made, I, I, you're probably so tired of getting birth charts forced on you, but now I'm like, what about me? What about me? So uh, hopefully we'll be able to talk to you again uh, at some point. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I would love to. And yes, when you text your mom for the 10th time, let me know <laughs> and we'll pull up your birth chart. Uh, well, thank you so much. And you guys, you know what to do. Go support. Um, Bye. Bye. Five. Bye. Five. Thank you. Perfect. Was that okay? Betches.